<laughs> All right, you guys, I'm just waiting for our panelists to join and we will get this party started. I'm going to be going live on the Holistic Fashionista. Um, let me go ahead and get everybody in here. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Brenda and Courtney and Jennifer. Let's get everybody in here. Okay. There we go. Okay. Let me get everybody in here. One secky. Courtney, hello, Jen. Kristen, Lisa. We'll make sure all the audio is working here in just a second. We have quite the diverse um, panel this time. I was looking at everybody's expertise. I'm like, oh, we're going to have a good time with this one. Okay, so let me just make sure I'm going to mute everybody. And let me mute everybody here. Speaker view. Gallery view, uh, spotlight video. Okay, so <clears throat> give me a second because we're gonna go live on the Holistic Fashionista fan page in a second here. And um, once the uh, presentation or the seminar is over, I will be sharing it to the Holistic Fashionista Facebook group. Um, just so you guys know, um, the idea here is that you guys are being introduced to an audience of people who are waking up, they're going through the dark night of the soul, they're looking for ascension. So if you could be so kind as to leave your Instagram or your URL below this video on both the Holistic Fashionista fan page underneath this video and in the Facebook group. Um, that will just help. So if they resonate with what it is that we're going to be talking about, it's going to be easy for them to just go find you. Um, and that'll just be how we can <clears throat> get them uh, notified about what it is, all the awesome stuff that you are doing. Okay, so let me go ahead and get us on Facebook and we will get going. Okay. Live on Facebook, there we go. It does take usually a minute. I'm just gonna go ahead and go ahead and start recording that because we don't want us to forget to record it. And um, I want to welcome everybody to the Empress Festival. I have an amazing lineup of spiritual soulpreneurs um, with us today here at Holistic Fashionista. And I just want to give a little background about what the Empress Festival is, what to expect. You're probably going to want to grab a notebook um, if you are listening to this remotely. This is a two-hour event, so if you cannot stay for the entire presentation, uh, be sure to go ahead and come back. Either join the Facebook community group or check this video out. The replay will be on iTunes. It will be on YouTube. It will be on the Holistic Fashionista fan page, and it will be in the Holistic Fashionista Facebook group. So if you're not already joined our mailing list at theempressfestival.com, we always give updates as to when the replays are available. But you know what? We're already live on Facebook, so the replay is literally going to be on there as soon as like right now, okay? All right, so for those of you guys who are brand new to Holistic Fashionista, I started the Empress Festival, gosh, I think three years ago. Um, I think this might be like the 12th festival that we've done. So, and it has grown astronomically. So uh, what started out as me just interviewing light workers about their area of expertise has turned into um, truly a conference, if you will, of different areas of expertise around spirituality. So we are going to be talking about the, we're going to be talking about vocabulary that a lot of people don't know about when they're just waking up and they're starting to realize they don't have the friend group that can support them. Hence the Empress Festival was born. Um, they are 
feeling like an outcast. They are feeling overwhelmed with emotions and they're like, am I depressed? Like what's going on with me? Um, all of these are symptoms that we will talk about in today's um, presentation. And uh, each of these panelists, they are contributors to the Holistic Fashionista magazine. They are part of our club. So if you do resonate with what it is that they're talking about, I would encourage you to go ahead and pick up Holistic Fashionista magazine, which I'll go ahead and show you. Yeah. This is going to be our latest issue that is coming out in just a week or so. So if uh, you do resonate with uh, what they're sharing, this is a great guide to fifth dimensional living. So let's talk about that before we get into the panel. Uh, fifth dimensional, this is really about higher consciousness. So when you are waking up, you're basically realizing that you're shedding an old skin. So you're getting emotional because you're literally like, wow, like I'm starting to see the world in a different way. And it might not be as pretty as you thought it was when you, before you had this epiphany, but you're starting to realize that life is becoming more meaningful. And you're starting to realize that you are a reflection of divine love and anything that is going on internally is actually holographic of what's going on externally in your world. So when you, if you wanna change your life, change the inside and the outside will magically change. So we are going to be talking about natural products. We're going to be talking about spells. We're going to talk about holistic living. We're going to be talking about all different kinds of things. Um, our panelists is uh, been, they've had their awakenings. We will talk about their awakening process. Everybody's is different. Some people have chronic illness. Some people have grieved the loss of a loved one. Some people have gone through divorce. They have, they've just experienced something that led them down this divine path. And we will figure out what that is in today's um, conference. So um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna go around the circle here and I want each of you guys to please, or ladies, soul workers, um, to please introduce yourself. So your name, um, what it is that you do, what problem you solve and who do you work with, okay? That way we can get a, a good idea of who is here and who you're here to serve. So that way if our audience is tuning in and something that you say resonates, we want to be able to connect you guys. So the goal here with the Empress Festival is not only to give you tools and tips around spirituality, but also to connect you to the coaches and the light workers who can who's, who can continue to serve you uh, in your ascension process. So I'm going to start with Brenda since you are on my on my left, and I'm just going to go around in a circle. So I'm going to go ahead and unmute you and give you the spotlight. Please take a moment to introduce yourself. Hey everyone! Hi ladies! Thank you so much for having me. I am Dr. Brenda Brummond, and I'm a spiritual mindset coach and a student and teacher of A Course in Miracles. I have been brought to this journey for a lot of different reasons, but I love to say I help women whose life looks great on the outside, but they're feeling kind of lost and disconnected on the inside, and they don't know how and where to take themselves but they don't have time to read all the books and go to all the seminars that I have. And I like to just boil everything down that I have for them and help them get there quicker. And of course in miracles has been definitely the core of my spiritual growth. And so I love to share what I've learned from a course in miracles with others too. Awesome. I know. I feel like everybody kind of has their like foundational course that they, mine was, I don't even know if you guys have ever heard of um, your wish is your command. It was like, like a 14 audio cassette thing and that thing just like busted open my mind even though he has like a weird reputation or whatever but like his information was truly mind-blowing so I'll be curious to learn more about A Course in Miracles from you um, Dr. Brenda thanks for being here mm -hmm. 
All right, Carla. Okay, so why did I not put it together, Carla, that <laughs> I just saw you on Facebook? I'm like, oh my gosh, you need to be a panelist at the Amber Special. You're like, duh, I am today. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know I just downloaded or joined your mailing list and it's been fascinating. So please do share what it is that you do. Sure. So I'm, I'm Carla Lynn Hall and well, I call myself the high priestess of the Queen Up Club, which is the mystery school for major manifestations. And it's a big, 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 huge title. But basically what it is, is I'm helping women create larger lives for themselves using magic. So, um, you know, in, in the spiritual world online, there are a lot of people teaching how to manifest $500 or how to get a new job and all those things are, you know, totally valid. But in my experience, there's, you know, especially now it's about 2020 people are wanting to do bigger things, write a book, buy a house. And, and I want to show that there are ways to incorporate magic and community to, you know, to, 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 to manifest that life that you want. That's, that's, you know, so I'm just here to help women tap into their inner magic and, and to make that happen and to trust themselves. Love it. Thanks so much for being here. I can't wait to dive in because I, I know you've, I'm only on day three of your like spell um, course or whatever. So it's really well written, I must say. Oh, so congratulations. It's a very well written course. Awesome. So thanks for being here, Carla. Thank you for having me. And my old school friend, Courtney. So happy to have you back. How are you doing? Hi. Good. How are you? I'm great. So happy to have you. Please share Thank you for having me. All the amazingness that you're doing in the world. <laughs> so I am Courtney McGuire and I am a self-love coach and I what I really do is I empower women to um, be their own kind of beautiful and be their own kind of successful without having these different um, rules from society that you know we've created uh, determine their beauty and their success. And so I incorporate uh, holistic ways and um, all natural ways of beauty, as well as um, how to connect with your story, how to connect with your why and really love what it is that you do in order to connect with your soul clients and customers. Um, if we're not connected, deeply connected to our products and services, it's hard for anybody else to really connect to them as well. So actually um, offer a um, monthly, I guess it could be monthly um, membership called uh, Sacred Firestarters Academy. And I have on there um, courses that you can take um, to familiarize yourself with your products and services, have a deeper connection with them in order to be able to connect with your soul clients and customers on that deeper level. So, yeah. Wow. I'm, first of all, I'm loving that topic because I mean, as much <laughs> as we have people going through their spiritual growth, I mean, some of us have already are on our divine path in our life's work. And it's interesting because the people that you tend to follow who um, offer products and services, it's, they're always the ones like, you got to buy my bracelet. It's so amazing. And then they're like, wearing like 20 of them, you know, and then you're realizing like, it's because they believe in their product. They love right. what they do. So I'm interested to dive into deep in that. So that sounds amazing. So thanks for Thank being here. You. Thank you. All right. Uh, Kristen, so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself. I, my unmuted, sorry. I'm Kristen Yorka. I'm the founder and creative director of Wild Wonder. And we are a family wellness and travel platform. So 
specializing in family wellness vacations, which was my answer um, to a long time frustration um, as a yogi. Um, I, well, as a yogi for 20 years, I was always invited to these retreats and festivals or workshops and having a young child and being a double parent to a young child, I wasn't always able to go or they would tell me I was welcome to bring my child um, as long as I watched her, which is kind of impossible to do when you're trying to learn meditation or yoga or holistic practices. Um, so this was our answer. We invite families to come with us to places around the world between four and five countries. Uh, our big trip this year is to Spain, um, a, na a nature preserve between Cadiz and Malaga. And the children have their own yoga classes with me or my partner. The adults have their own practice time with my, me or my partner, we switch off. And then we do workshops together as families um, so they can start to enjoy each other. And it's really, um, it serves the family. Um, it gives the adults some time to really explore and reconnect and find their wild, like we say. And it gives the children their time to just be kids and reconnect to that to just being kids because they don't get to in a lot of these urban and suburban areas. Um, so that's what we offer. And we also have this great um, website where we invite other writers and collaborators to come and share um, how to connect with themselves and their families. Oh my gosh, I'm loving it. Why well, I'm interested to dive deeper into the like topics and things that you cover in the retreats. Sure. Um, but it's interesting because you know, a lot of times we get, I get a lot of panelists who were very focused on the feminine. And I got to say, like, I'm getting this like hate mail from my like, guys going like, is this for guys? Where can I find the guy stuff? And I'm like, oh, my brand is holistic fashionista. You know, I'm like, <laughs> it's really not meant to just be for women. Um, but I think that we have, not that it's oversaturated, but we, I feel like with the family, at least like now it is bringing in the divine masculine. It is bringing in children. And I think this is like something for us as soulpreneurs to start recognizing that it's, you know, as much as there's all, all these women waking up, there's guys that are really like, what about me? So I'm so, I love what your mission is. My, my, we'll talk about it later, but my partner is a man and he dives deep into the divine masculine with these men that maybe have not experienced it in that way or even have even heard about divine masculinity before so awesome well i'd love to dive into that because i i know for a fact that we have male people that are watching this and they're just like ignoring the fact that we're like talking to women but they're just like um spying and like what are they talking about <laughs> for sure so i love this well thank you for being here i'm learning i'm looking forward yeah. to learning more about your work awesome all right and let's go to is it jen or jennifer um, let me make sure you're unmuted here. Oh, there you um, go. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes. Oh, it popped up that I was muted. Um, I'm Jen and I first want to say thank you for having me and what a amazing platform this is for this, I hate to call it work, but line of work, um, you know, bringing all of these amazing souls together that have such a big job on a global level of just love and transformation and awakening and our bodies and our hearts, um, all the things that make the world go round every day um, and really tapping into, you know, 
all of all of that transformation. Um, I myself am in holistic uh, healing and a transformational soul coach, and I feel like that is probably my biggest um, my biggest um, asset to what I do every day because my transformation was so over the top crazy. Um, and I, I think I posted in my, um, bio for, um, holistic fashionista that I was the Jenny Craig of spirituality, because I feel like if I can do it, literally anybody can do it. (laughs) Um, because I was so out of tune and out of touch with my mind, my heart, my body, they survived they survived until I got to my transformation point. And I feel like that's the biggest gift that I have that I can give away because I know what it's like to lie about being there. I know what it's like to function in that space. So I recognize a lot of those corners that people hide in because it's familiar. You know, you already are in that bad place and you know, you don't know what's out there and you certainly do know what's inside. And as painful as that is, we choose to stay there because I, you know, stepping out is just, that's completely out of the question in some cases. So, you know, a lot of the people that we work with, I say we, because I have a girlfriend that's um, my partner um, in this business with me. And, you know, we, we can start at the diet, you know, we can start at exercise, we can start at, you know, tuning into your body, but until you decide on how successful you want to be in your transformation, you know, that's going to determine, you know, how far you get. Um, Because like I said, you know, I just, I had no sense of myself at all. So, you know, everything was trauma. And you know, it's just until you decide how successful you want to be and what your goals are and how in tune and centered you're with, you know, yourself, that's going to be, you know, kind of where we start with, you know, anybody that comes to us and, you know, resonates with us. Love it. I get it. I mean, the 3D way is the quick fix way. I'll just change my diet and lose weight. Yeah. You know, will you like that diet for life? You know, well, you I mean, like I can give you some high vibrational food and if you're just wanting to fit into a dress um, or we can dig and we can get to the root and we don't even have to go backwards. You know, we can just start with where we are today and assess our relationship with ourselves and assess our relationship with other people, how they treat us, how we respond, why we allow what we do. And we can go from there. Yep. It's interesting. Once we, once we change one thing in our life, we magically change everything. So if we just started as little as what I'm hearing is like, if we just change how we communicated, like what, we're just going to lose weight, you know, we're going to have better relations. Like there's so many things that we don't realize that are all intertwined, you know? So I'm so interested to dive deeper into what it is that you do. Um, Thank you so much for being here, Jen. Thank you. And finally, we've got the beautiful Lisa. I'm going to go ahead and unmute you. Thanks so much for being here. Please introduce yourself. Hello, sisters. Hello, Angel. Thank you for having me. Um, It's a pleasure to be here. 
So, um, I'm a shamanic therapist, a womb alchemist, and um, amongst other modalities that I've trained in along the way, I work with uh, sacred sound channeling and different forms of light language, which of course I haven't trained in. <laughs> they, just, they just came through as a gift. Um, but I integrate really everything that I've, everything that I've learned, everything gets woven through my sessions. I work with men. So you were mentioning our brothers. Yeah, I do work with men as well as women, but primarily women. And my work, um, is very sort of social media driven and my audience is primarily women. Um, I have a current project called women in business, spelled women in business. Um, which is really all about working with the woman, not so much about the business, it's not so much about the, the numbers or the profit, it's really more about working with the woman within the business and working with the womb within the woman, really clearing um, and thoroughly addressing and resolving um, any, any trauma, any, any sort of... Um, any conditioning and programming that's lodged within the system, but with particular reference to the womb and what we hold, you know, we hold so much within the tissues and within the energetic etheric space of the womb. So we're looking at ancestral work and, and past life work just to really enable each woman to fully show up to herself, with herself, within her relationships, to feel, to get a real sense of being the, the sacred discerning gatekeeper of her own energy, of her womb energy, of her sexual energy, of all of her energy, getting that sense of discernment from a deep place of self-worth and self-value and self-love and um, connecting with the inner abundance. And then from that, everything else flowing and all those actions that she then might take to, to escalate or to grow or to develop her businesses or businesses just coming from that, that real inner shift and that elevation of consciousness and inevitably some sort of what you might call um, like an activation or a, a reawakening of ancient wisdom and ancient codes, which is what I feel I've sort of experienced over the last couple of years. So it's not a short answer. Uh, well, <laughs> I, there, I mean, I, the thing is, I'm a student here right now too you know so I'm taking some notes because I don't know everything I have I you know have my own thing so I'm taking notes here and I'm so curious to learn I know I've seen a lot of I don't know if you use like you know uh recommend yoni eggs but I've seen that come up a lot as far as mm. healing womb but again like I'm freaking amateur so I can't wait to learn more about what it is you do and how you do it um, also very interesting about the the light languages and the sounds. I know sound has truly transformationally healed my body in ways that I could not explain uh, from a vibrational level. So I'm curious to learn about that as well. Um, so, so happy to have you here, Lisa. I'm, I'm, Thank you. One, I'm, one thing I wanted to ask everybody um, is, um, you know, I'm on Instagram all the time, just like scouting people, you know, like, so I wanted to mention to our audience here today that these are the people, me and my team have been stalking on Instagram. These are the people that were like, wait, what's she doing? Like, we, like, let's go, let's go reach out to her. So these people have, you know, been hand selected from me and my team, just from social media. So social media has been such a, especially Instagram, a great platform for to find the like-minded souls. So I feel like we have a really interesting group of people this time. So I know some of the questions that people are probably thinking is like, okay, well, you know, 
they're in a state of transformation themselves and they're not quite understanding even what stage they're in. So I'm going to start with you, Brenda, because I feel like everyone to some degree, if they're on a spiritual path, has heard of the Course in Miracles. So can you just share with us a little bit about what that program is and why is it so life-changing? Because I've actually never taken it. Okay. So yeah, my husband and I have been on this journey together. And what we found that was so amazing with A Course in Miracles is that, you know, the biggest thing that it says is when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And so when it first came into our lives, we were not initially ready. He opened it, my husband looked at it, and later I looked at it and I'm like, I don't get it, I don't understand, I don't get it. And then all of a sudden through, my husband had two big awakenings. My awakening has been a gradual but gaining momentum over time. And as soon as I could go into the workbook of A Course in Miracles and start with lesson one, nothing I see means anything, I, was at first like shocked. What do you mean? Nothing I see means anything. But once I got the divinity that through the body's eyes, through the ego's eyes, which I've been looking through my whole life, there is no meaning to any of that compared to what the divine is here to teach us. But we have to be open and we have to be available for that to come through. And then it was like lesson after lesson just started coming in and it just started speaking to me. And so we created A Course in Miracles Simplified that starts January 1st. And it's an online membership course where January 1, we start with lesson one and people log in and they hear us read the lesson and then explain in everyday terms what that means and how they can use it in their life. Because, you know, I look at this book and I'm like, every time I look at it, like, I feel like this is my really old worn out version, <laughs> but I feel like I've come home to that book and I just want everybody to get it, but it doesn't do any good just sitting there. I've talked to so many coaches, so many other teachers that are like, oh yeah, A Course in Miracles. I bought that. I on my shelf, you know, I tried reading it, I just don't get it. Or, you know, sitting on my shelf for years, and I just haven't opened it yet. And I'm just like, Oh, my gosh, like, you have to open it. And so, yeah, it was a process for me. But you know, once it started developing, it's just every day, it's a, a day that I'm one step closer to freedom by the lessons. I love it. I want to just clarify this, because you kind of touched on a few things. And, um, and that has to do with breaking down the ego. So I feel like if we're going to like get into this, this is probably like the place to start. Um, and I like, that's very profound that nothing I say means anything. So, um, you know, I had this epiphany or download, if you will, um, recently that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are just waiting their turn to talk, you know, like they're literally like, if she pauses for a second, I'm going to get in there. And they're not really even listening to like what they're saying. They're just waiting to either sound smart, which is the ego, or to talk about their shit, you know, which, you know, just to hear themselves speak. So, you know, the ego is, it, you know, tricky little devil, you know, it, it hides itself in intelligence. It hides itself, you know, in being superior. It hides itself in all these little nook and crannies, you know, and you're right. Until you break down the ego, until you come to realize that like, until you start to co-create with the divine, until you start to get the download. That's why I always say, it's not me coming up with these great, great ideas. It's not me, you know, 
doing these tarot readings, you know, it's, I, it's, I'm being channeled. I, I mean, it's, you know, think about the iCloud, right? It, on your phone. You're like, well, where are those photos being stored? Like, it's like somewhere in the universe, you know, it's like kind of like, so some people refer to this as the universe, Akashic records. So like everything is like up there. So the ego can only access like lower frequency uh, things, you know, like facts and science and all these things. But once you are actually tuned in, once you've like broken the ego apart and what's left of you is just divine love, like you're very open to like, well, whatever, whatever happens, I'm not in control anymore. And, you, and I think that is very scary. So I'm going to call on somebody else here to kind of take this to the next step. I'm going to go to um, you, Carla. Um, you know what? Uh, uh, let me go ahead and get your video spotlighted here and unmute you. So my question is, you know, what is a good first place to start as far as disintegrating the ego so that we could actually hear the messages? Because I'm sure that sounds very foreign to the, the people that are like, what do you mean? Like, how am I going to hear a message from like air, you know? So what is like, you know, what is the first step for disintegrating the ego so that they can actually be in contact with the divine? Great question. One part I would say is just to be quiet, to be still. Um, we have so there's so much noise out in the world, whether it's television or other people's messages, other people's opinions, and we can access that intuition that's within us. Because I feel like we all have those answers within us if we tune into that, but we often don't because we're listening to someone else's ego-filled conversation or what we think that we know, and sometimes it's good. You know, just to be quiet and to listen to, to what those messages are trying to tell you. So that could be, you know, going out into nature, um, just scheduling or just setting some time alone for yourself just to, just to listen, just to be on input mode. So, and, and to give yourself, to, to trust yourself and to understand that that you do know what you're supposed to know and you can lean into that. But I think it really comes down to spending a lot of time in, in, in silence and, um, and tapping into that, that inner, like in, that inner voice, wherever, you know, wherever you feel that comes from for you. It's so true. I was just having this conversation um, with a girlfriend and I was like, you know, how do we know when people are actually listening, mm -hmm. observing, or just waiting for their turn, you know, and I, we were kind of just dissecting this, like my Scorpio nature tends to do. And it was like, well, are they asking questions? You know, because someone who's really open, right. And the, and the ego is not open. It's very confined. It's restricted. It's restricted energy. In fact, it's what creates polarization, you know, this contrast of like, I'm right, you're wrong, you know, Democratic, Republican, like, it's always like this polarization, like, like that's how society has been set it up. But once you're actually open to like, the infinite possibilities of what is, you know, then you become curious. So I felt like for me, when I realized that like, it didn't matter that, that I had read 300 books, you know, or like, I, I was like, so proud of that. Like, I, well, I've read 300 books on this subject, like, good for you. Like, those aren't your ideas, you know? <laughs> so once I got over that, I and started asking questions, like the, my curiosity. So thank you for that. I'm going to go on to um, you, Courtney, about curiosity, um, you know, because being curious, I felt like, 
I don't know why they say curious curiosity killed the cat. Like curiosity killed the freaking ego, you know? And so can let's talk about curiosity here. Yeah, so um I on my journey when I started um this journey of spirituality awakening, knowing that there's a bigger picture than just me uh in this lifetime. Um I was I was curious about everything. I wanted to know you know, I wanted to know about Oracle card readings. I wanted to know about nature. I wanted to know about the divine. I wanted to know about uh, masculine, feminine energy and um, what all these things mean. And so I literally would get my hands on everything that I could. Um, and I also started following people who talked about this, who was, who was um, sharing their, you know, transformation and their stories. And I was like, yes, I mean, like somebody feels the way that I feel, you know, somebody else is going through this, like, this is awesome. Like this feeling is amazing. Um, cause at first I'm like, am I the only one that's like feeling this like awakening of like, there's something else out there. Like there's just more to life than, um, what we limit ourselves to. And so just really, um, being curious, and not being afraid to get your hands on things, not being afraid to ask questions, not being afraid to follow people. And you'll, you'll realize that um, there are so many people that are, that are feeling this, that are, you know, like sharing, hey, this happened to me, this happened to you, you know, and so you learn from each other, you learn from our, each other's experiences and, um, you know, what path has led them to where they are now. Well, I know one of the things you said that is like really helping people like tell their story or own their story, you know, and I feel like even from like childhood, especially men, let's bring men here for a second, you know, that it's like, they're not supposed to like talk about their feelings and stuff. And so like we almost like shame or whatever for actually like telling our story, you know, whatever that story was, if you were molested as a child, if you were abused, if you were abandoned, if like whatever it was. And it's like, if we only, I mean, even if you're not ready to talk about it, there's people out there who are a little bit further along who will talk about it. And then I felt like at that moment, it was like permission to be like, oh, like, well, if she can talk about it, like maybe I could, you know, get over my fear of being vulnerable again. That's the ego confining us, you know, like confining us, like, don't share your shame. Like you should be embarrassed about that. Like, you know, what are people, what are your family going to think, you know, like all these things. And that's the ego, like just literally like just tucking you like just over here. And so, I mean, I'm curious to learn. I mean, thank you so much, um, Courtney for sharing that, taking us down the little rabbit hole here. Um, you know, what happens, you know, when our ego is truly running the show, you know, obviously misery shows up, but I'm going to go to you, Kristen. Um, uh, obviously you're you know, working with families and you're probably seeing it at the very young age of what's happening to us, especially in those primitive years of zero to six, when we're just literally just downloading stuff, like we're just yeah. recording tapes. <laughs> Absolutely. I see. I think the saddest thing I've seen, so I teach children as young as 18 months um, in the schools. And the saddest thing I see is around like six or seven when they'll, when they'll come into my class is that they'll tell me they don't want to do this baby stuff or they want to do real yoga 
or they want to do something harder and they don't want to play They're And they want to just be told what to do versus tuning into that intuitive spirit that they were naturally born with. And it breaks my heart because my whole goal in any class, whether they're 18 months or 18 years old is to get them back in touch with that divine spirit they were born with knowing that they're already beautiful and wise and connected to what they need to be connected to. And they don't need to be anyone else or do anything more. So I, creating that safe space and letting them know that they can come back to themselves and teaching them the tools to come back to themselves is really important. And I feel like it's getting younger and younger that children are losing that, that spark. Mm. I want the harder stuff. None of this baby stuff. Wow. Well, if you think about it, like if you think about what an awakening is, like you are basically an infant again. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're having a spiritual awakening at like 50. Okay, <laughs> welcome to welcome to the new world. You know, and now you gotta now you gotta navigate. You know, in fact, I feel like going back to curiosity. It's like the more curious you begin, like I feel like the faster the downloads begin. I know, like, and I'm curious to learn from all you guys. Like, for me, once like something clicked, it was like I need like I'm just like who else can I learn from? Like, what I was like a YouTube like crackhead. You know, I would literally just crack out on, on YouTube on just all these crazy thoughts. And it's like, it didn't even matter if I had an opinion or, or believed what they believed. It wasn't even about that. It was about like expanding my mind just to new concepts, being introduced like, well, is the earth flat? You know, like it was just like, this is like a debated thing right now. Like I was just interested, you know, I was just like. There was just nothing that was going to trump anything. And I, and I, I, okay, I'm going to go to somebody else here for a second, because now I'm like having my own recollection of what happened to me during my awakening. I'm going to go to you, Lisa. Okay. So one of the things that happened to me, um, during my awakening process is because I became so open, I was literally like a little baby from zero to six, just downloading all this stuff, not having an opinion, just gathering data. And mm -hmm. I remember get, feeling like scared. I remember feeling like, oh my gosh, like, I know what this world is. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to do with the feelings. Like, I mean, it was definitely like, I, I don't, am I making sense? Like, cause I remember like mm -hmm. watching things and being like, oh my gosh, like the government doesn't have our best interest. You know what I mean? I was like, what? You know, like, oh my gosh, the food that I, when I went to natural medicine school, I'm like, I thought I grew up in San Diego. I thought I was like healthy as can be, you know, but I had all these chronic illnesses and I was like oh my gosh like what's in my food you know like all these things and I got like scared so I want to like talk about this with you and what is your input about this wow <laughs> it's funny you ask because yeah my my, my actual my kundalini awakening story I, I mean I smile at it now because it is actually as I tell it it probably is quite comical I will I will share it um but, you know, really, uh, it really enough to, to sort of derail because actually what was coming through was so bizarre. So I, what I'd found is that be before, I mean, I think the, um, the stages of the spiritual awakening are seeded so long before that, you, you know, you get a sort of tangible symptom, as it were, you know, so often 
like what was happening with me. I was getting chronically ill. I couldn't do, I worked in fashion, running a huge, huge, you know, um, global business before. And um, I, I couldn't do that, you know, anymore because my body literally brought me to my knees. So there was that going on. Then I had a lot of money stuff going on that all seemed to happen within about three months. That's very common. So, you, you know, you get some sort of big shake up, you get some sort of big dissolving or forced, your hand is forced into the dissolving of your identity. So that can be scary in itself because you're, you're still very much in, in the 3D and, and just really, really wanting a solution and wanting a fix, you know, and wanting to think it through. So that is scary. Um, I then started retraining through all of that. You know, my mind was opening, as we said, you know, with the curiosity and things that I thought were woo-woo um, and not for me. You know, I sort of blocked them out a little bit. I'd only sort of allow a certain few things in through my filter. And gradually, as I was training and meeting new people and opening out more, I suppose, into my own consciousness, you know, my filters changed and I let more in. But really, the, the most significant moment for me, um, two significant moments that were Kundalini awakening related, because the Kundalini awakening is a specific sort of awakening. It's a bottom-up awakening, comes from the root chakra. And many people are having sort of top-down awakenings. So it can be very, very forceful. There's a lot of force to a Kundalini awakening. So what was happening is I'd... I'd I suppose I've been waking up and waking up and waking up and my curiosity was, was going inward. How do I feel? What is going on? What might this go back to? What traumas might this be related to? So I was sort of doing the therapeutics. That's what I, I was, a therapist. So I was going on the inward journey and sort of clearing the energies and clearing the blocks. And I used a particular practice, a kinesiology-based practice for energy clearing. And I'd only been using it for less than a week and I really because I'm very kinesthetic so I feel the energies in my body so I could really feel energies clearing 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 I was getting very strong visceral connection to this practice and um, I started to literally um, feel like my body wanted and needed to move it started to feel like it wanted to twist and I resisted it to start with. It was just a sensation. Um, but eventually, you know, a few days in, I gave way to that movement. I always remember I was in my London office and I'd finished with clients and I just, I get, you know, there was that moment of permission. You know, it's like the, it's like the floodgates sort of open from that moment. I gave myself permission just to let my body move and these little, rhythmic like sort of tai chi quite elegant sort of movements came through like like sort of you know quite um quite serene and that was like oh okay well this is cool but little did i know that having given that permission what was going to start coming through is what they call kriyas which are, kriyas can be very very powerful it's like full-blown yoga movements but but not you know often not elegant at all it's really like a like a physical and a movement uh, purging designed it's like the original yoga apparently it is what yoga was based on was based on the spontaneous awakenings and all the asanas and all the things that you will do so mudras would come through really really strong and i wasn't a yogi but really strong and advanced sort of yogic practices would come through for you know a couple of hours at a time um and that's what it sort of developed into but there was one particular day 
where I was just settling into it. I was just about okay with it. I could just about get my head around it. I, I, I had done a little bit of research and I thought, okay, this is what this is. I'm not going mad. It's okay. In certain circles, maybe not very wide circles, but in certain circles, this is normal. And then it's almost like one day, and it was a summer's day, a beautiful day outside, and I'd had a, a, a session with a mentor. And I was, I was just so high on this energy, which sounds great, but there was just so much energy surging through me. And I thought, I've got to get outside and take my shoes off. I've got to get to the park. I've got to ground. And what, what happened that day was I had so much energy coming through. I had so much of the movement coming through that no longer was it something I could keep in the closet behind closed doors. It was like, oh, whoa, 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 hang on. So this is potentially going to take over my life because I'm now in the park and I can't keep my arms still unless I sit on them. And if I was sitting on my arms, it was still sort of coming through my body. And I went to get some food. I thought I'll ground with some food, some cake couldn't pour my tea could barely eat the cake and I thought this isn't working I need to get out of this place in the public and of course once the panic started to set in because the mind what we were just talking about once the mind starts to try and interpret and the fear sets in that for me well for anybody doesn't mix well with the energy of the kundalini um and it was getting me into a state of sort of mild panic and then I was trying to walk through the town to get back to my office. And I literally felt like I was going to be thrown around. I was actually being thrown around. It was taking me all my effort to put one foot in front of the other and to look relatively normal to get to my office. So that day was scary. Um, and I had, to, I had to tell somebody about what was happening for the first time. And that then eased things, being able to, to have shared it. Um, I was taught a grounding and rooting meditation but just hearing somebody talk me through that, something that I sort of knew anyway, but just having somebody talk me through it and really make that strong connection to the earth and really um, just having to sort of, I guess, take it seriously in that, you know, this is something to really be respected and really, really surrender to. And it's, and it's, it's not something that can be resisted. I started to set up, um, almost like just natural intuitive ritual and ceremony where I would, I would speak to the Kundalini aspect of myself, you know, and really set up a very, um, very, very honoring um, environment within myself for the Kundalini to come through almost like a relationship, forming a relationship mm. with the energy, because I realized that this, I, I, my spiritual ideas had to shift because if there was something divine that was so powerful that could actually physically move my body and do these crazy weird things <laughs> that was something for me to really sort of really honor and and yeah. you know really sort of begin to work with so yes it was there was a couple of weeks of feeling very fragile with that like I'd been dropped onto earth as an alien you know I just felt like I didn't I didn't know myself I didn't know how everything was going to turn out I had to surrender to that not knowing so that bit was scary, but, um, you know, I, yeah, I worked with it and, and my suggestion would be for anybody else who gets an element of something coming through that feels very forceful like that, uh, treat it like a relationship, you know, have the conversation, speak out or journal so that we start to, we're actually starting to integrate rather than resist and push away. And I believe conversation, I still speak out a lot now. You know, I feel like I have conversations with spirit, conversations with my team, with my guides. 
um, that is for, for me is comforting, but it's also integrating. Yeah. And I think it's a good point. Like I had a girlfriend who's awakened and I would just every, I would be going down the YouTube crack hole and being like saying, and I would just have her to just tell the stories about, you know? And so it was really comforting to just have somebody, you know, that could, it was open-minded enough to be like, well, that's an interesting perspective. So hmm. you said something else that was really interesting, which I'm going to go to um, Jen, but thank you so much for sharing your story. Cause now I've got like all kinds of crazy questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but one of the things you mentioned, uh, Lisa was about dissolving the identity. And obviously this is the ego that has identified with my title at my job, you know, I'm a father, I am a spouse or whatever the label is um, and dissolving the, the identity, which is why I, I, I think that most people like fear the change or fear the surrendering to the process is because they realize like, wait, but I'm, maybe I can't have the same friend group. Oh my gosh. What if I can't be married to the same person anymore? Like, like all these like huge like life things that have like got them to where they are today. And now they're like, I don't, I'm not ready to like give all that up. So I want to go to you, Jen, because I know that you've had quite a life transformational process. I'm assuming it has to do with losing weight, but it also has to do with dissolving an identity of how you see yourself. What is that process? Well, mine actually ended up taking care of itself. Um, I was in such a disillusioned state um, in so many ways uh, because of my emotional trauma, my physical trauma. Um, everything was just this toxic cycle um, that I you know, fell into, you know, over a period of years. And it basically all of my abuse that I had done to myself and inflicted by others, everything finally manifested itself. Um, and it came through. And when it did, um, I lost my core, my back, um, I had major back surgery, um, I had to have my sacrum reconstructed um, I lost all my hair. Um, I would say I probably, I had about 30% hair just on top. Um, I mean, so I actually embodied all of my trauma. Um, and, you know, it had already claimed my mind pretty much. It had pretty much claimed my emotional state. Um, because I, I couldn't feel anything anymore. I was functionally numb, which I think is a lot of the way society is today. Um, you know, because, you know, they get one symptom of something and instead of doing the work, you know, to, you know, maybe dissolve it, you know, or at least try, um, on a holistic level, you know, they go hop on a pill and it's got the same toxic, um, side effects that, you know, you're fighting. So you get to a point where what is real? What, what am I even feeling? Because I can't feel anything right now. Um, so that it basically, my trauma ended up taking me. Um, so my awakening, my full awakening uh, began, you know, when all of that happened, because I was in the least resistance I had ever been in my life. 
I could no longer fight it. You know, I couldn't fight it mentally. I couldn't fight it physically. Um, so it pretty much laid claim to my whole being. Um, so my full awakening really took place when that happened. Um, so you had to hit so, bottom. You had to hit like the very, very rock bottom. Yeah. And I mean, like I was, I didn't feel like I was a stranger to rock bottom. I had just picked up the pieces so many times that eventually the pieces aren't there. You know, you don't have nothing to put back together. So you have no choice but to go back to ground zero. And that basically I started over from my core and I went from being Sandra Bullock in Bird Box to a cosmic janitor and cleaning out, you know, all of this stuff that started resurfacing that I hadn't felt or and I hadn't thought about in years, you know, that was just in there, but to the side because I was just surviving. Um, so it's like, you know, when you're in that trauma frame of mind and body, you know, you can only, you're a prisoner to your senses and you can only see to the left and to the right. You can feel nothing, you know, you can't think nothing and, you know, you're just, you're trapped. Um, so until you learn your body and until you in tune with your body, you know, that's a never ending battle. You're just, you're just committing to the next distraction and you're committing to the next, you know, symptom of what is actually going on. Yeah. You know, it, it, it makes me think about your email course, Carla, because you're saying that the body is a magic wand. So, and that we're all kind of programmed. Um, I think you were talking about like, the, the psychology of how, how, we, how we interact or whatever, if it's kinesiology, if it's auditory. So um, let's, let's, for those who are listening, who are literally, you know, afraid, uh, and thank you, Jen, so much for, for speaking on that, who are afraid um, to dissolve the identity, which might very well just be like masking symptoms, whether it's with drugs and alcohol, work addiction, sex addiction, going from one relationship to the next, whatever it is, it's on some level, it's, it's still masking the overall core problem. So if in this case with Carla's um, work, she says that the body is a wand, you know, and if we really want to be magical, you know, and use the divine gifts, which is our superpower, um, we have to be in tune with the, with the body. So can you talk a little bit about the body, but also about the psychology of how we program ourselves so that we can actually manifest what it is that we desire. Sure, sure. Um, where some of this, some of these ideas come from, um, it's 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 a it's a field of study within psychology called neuro linguistic programming (NLP). I'm sure many of you have heard of this. And what I realized, NLP is it's it's a modality in which people pay attention to like, the, I guess their particular superpowers. Like, are you someone who is more visual in nature? Do you learn better when you're you know, watching something? Or are you auditory? You know, do, you, do you need to hear things? Or um, are you kinesthetic? Like you like to, to feel something. If, you, if you're learning something, you like to do it. You like to learn by, you like to do it by, you like to learn by doing. Um, some people like to read. Like if you think about how you learn anything, um, some people like to be in a class. Some people like to learn by doing. Some people might like to listen. 
um, to different messages. And what I what I've kind of what I've noticed is that you know we all have our particular strength. And when you know what your what your strength is, like what which which modality you interpret the world through, you can also use that same modality to make change within your life. So if you know that you're a visual person and that you really like to look at things, you like to read things, then it makes sense that if you're creating like a ritual, for example, that you would incorporate visual elements into, you know, in, in, into that. If you were someone who likes, who you're, you're sort of a, an auditory person, that, that means you might want to use music. You might want to incorporate uh, binaural beats or um, you might hear messages through music, through songs that you hear. And when you know that about yourself, you can choose those elements on purpose in order to create, you know, to, to create change in your life. So that's sort of, so that's just one of the, one of the tools that I like to use. And it's, you know, it's, I guess it's like a small portion of, of psychology, but it's basically figuring out where, what, what things like, give you that kind of sparkle? Like what are those things that that help you to learn? And people use NLP for all kinds of different things. You use it, people have used it to build rapport with another person. So for example, if you met someone and you, by talking with them and asking them certain questions, you realize, oh, that person is an auditory person. So you might uh, sprinkle different things in your, converse, in, the, in your conversation in order to build rapport with them. Like, oh, I hear what you're saying or someone else, I see what you're saying. Oh, I see that. Some, oh, that's in tune. And it's, it's definitely something that we use to, to bond with other people, to build rapport with other people. But I think it's also important to know what your particular, uh, what your particular strengths are because you can use that to reprogram yourself and to create change. So that's, that's where I'm coming from. Love it. Well, I know you have a, a quiz that you can take to learn with. I was struggling with it. I'm like, I don't think I know which one I am. So I'm going to take that quiz again. I was like, well, I think it's the feeling one, but I don't know. Sometimes I think I need, I have to hear it. Like, so it was interesting um, exercise to go through. And, you know, when we're talking about the concept of dissolving the identity or, or at least um, finding solace in the process while that is happening, um, I think that's the that's really where I think we should be starting. You know, it's not so much like, oh my gosh, like I'm not willing to give all that stuff up. It's like, well, we could take these steps of being like, well, I can actually start healing myself, like doing these baby steps. Cause it doesn't have to be so extreme, you know, where you literally just cut everything out and you're like, I don't, I'm done with it all, you know? And, and I don't think that's the natural way anyway, because again, you know, you're still going to go through a withdrawal. You're still going to have this like, oh, but now I have nothing. So I'm just going to go back to what I have, which I think a lot of people do with relationships. You know, they get out of something toxic only to have nothing and then realize, well, it's better to have this toxic thing than to actually have the nothing. So if there was um, growth that we could do, you know, in the interim so that by the time we decide to let go or whatever that situation is, we actually have a tool. You know, we have tools that can support us. So let's talk about ritual. Um, I'm going to go to you. Um, let's go to you, Brenda. What are some of your go-to rituals that help you when you're going through a period that, that feels kind of dark or it feels kind of sad? Yeah, for me, meditation is huge. And it was actually really, really interesting to hear Lisa talk about this kind of kundalini awakening because 
I feel like in the last about six weeks or so, that's what my body has been going through. I started with these meditations where I just try to get to no body, no mind, nowhere, no time. And then I'd get these rushes of energy that would come up through me. And it was just like, I didn't know what to do with them, where they were going to go. What am I supposed to do with it? And so meditation in the morning is a must. I have five kids. And so I have to get up before everybody to just center myself and ground myself. And that's always been one of my mandatories, like just must do things. I also do it when everybody goes to bed at night. I save a little time for myself um, to be able to go in and connect. And it feels to me like you guys have mentioned a lot about 3D, you know, the 3D world, here you go, do the things that you need to do throughout the day. And then depending upon my level of consciousness and how connected and awake I am in each of those moments, I get to go back into that meditative space and I get to just be. And there's no one needs anything from me. I don't need anything from anyone. And it's just freeing to be there. So meditation for me, for sure. I always read my lesson from A Course in Miracles in the morning and take that with me into my meditations. And then exercise. I love yoga. So I'm definitely into hot yoga. I feel like moving my body is just a must because it that energy does, it feels like it gets caught up and stored and it needs just an outlet. So that's one of my routines that I have for sure is I have to do some sort of movement and yoga has been, I don't know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, just a good release on all different levels there for me. And then I love community. So I have girlfriends that I have mentors, I have girlfriends, I have connections with people, coaches that I have, where I have to be able to share like this energy that's been coming up in me lately. What do I do with it? Um, so a ritual practice for me is being able to connect with other women and sharing my experience, getting feedback. If I didn't have that, it's so easy for me to stay stuck in this little mind and worry and wonder if I'm doing things right or what I need to be doing. But when I kind of open myself up to the community, I feel so much growth with that. I think that is key. If you're going through a transition or transformation, um, not having at least one person, you know, and which is probably when people tend to either go find a coach or even enroll in a course or something where it's like, I don't have anyone to talk to. And, but, you know, I forget, um, I don't remember when I was talking about this, it might've been just with a friend or it might've been on a blog, but um, you know, it's a basic human need to feel heard. You know, it's a basic fundamental that you have to speak and feel like somebody actually on the other hand, like heard you asked a question, showed they cared, you know, and, and I mean, how many of us have been in relationships, especially if you've been in long-term relationships, maybe before your awakening, and you realize that that person was just toning you out, you know, scrolling Instagram, and like, literally, were like, um, hello, I'm here, like, why do you not even know that I exist? And so, you know, we get into these, um, you know, situations in our life where uh, we we, we don't know who to turn to. And so I think, you know, for me, like holistic fashion is a, is a family, you know, it's a family where we're all learning from each other. That's where the articles and the magazine, that's the whole point of it. Um, and we, and you can never know it all because how could you know it all? The Akashic records is infinite. 
you know, like it's not possible, you know, so I, I, I want to, for my own personal reasons, I do want to go back to you, Lisa, because I don't know that much about like womb healing and because obviously the majority of the people who are listening are female, um, because I know there's a lot of trauma that gets stored in there, especially through sex or um, just from the organs itself. But I don't know that much about it. So I'd actually just love to have you have the spotlight and share a little bit about womb healing. Oh, let me make sure you're unmuted. Okay, there you go. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, womb healing was something when I started with on the shamanic path, um, which all was sort of flowing through, you know, it was it was um a little bit like a move on from what was happening with the Kundalini Kriyas. It's but that but it was then targeted to the client, you know, it's almost like um embodying a higher energy and then being shown what to do. That's the sort of channel that I am, but it's a slightly different conversation. But relevant because um what was happening is I was being intuitively very directed with women to do a lot of work on the womb, not solely on the womb, because it was an integrative session. So but I noticed there was a particular amount of focus on the womb. And when I started to, um, to, to speak more of the womb and to integrate processes that use the womb, because I do a lot of, I've done a lot of group work, like last, last year and this year, um, I became known for a lot of group work face to face, but also online. Um, and it was almost like the merest sort of suggestion of the womb work and the intention that that's what we were going to be clearing, you know, with the shamanic intention, with the energies women were starting to, to say that, that they were having, um, you know, that, that were having bleeds after the sessions, which actually I now understand from more training that I've done, that is a way of purging. It's one of the ways, because we purge in a lot of ways physically, but, you know, for a woman with, with a womb, uh, with an intact womb, even women who have uh, stopped bleeding, who are menopausal, um, you can get purging, you can get, you can get that purge, you can get that bleed which I think, how amazing is that, that, you know, that, that level of sort of spirit, body, mind, body connection can actually have these visceral effects on the body. So I, um, and, and women were starting to say, as I said, with little intervention, that things that they'd had um, problems sort of with their wombs that were like medical, you know, like a lot of period pain, which I used to get, a lot of menstruation pain, um, things associated with that were, were really clearing up and clearing up quite quickly. So I personally started to tune in to that that was perhaps a particular skill or a particular gift of mine. And that's where I left it, you know, it was developing, but that's where I left it. Then I started to focus in because I was always doing self-healing as a practice um, and always have done, you know, and that's something that the Kundalini Awakening actually taught me, you know, to really sort of drop into the body and, and, and use whatever. My practices have changed, but I was noticing that I was also doing a lot of work on my own womb. So the, the womb in terms of... Um, you know, healing for a woman and for myself was becoming more and more significant. Then what happened, something triggered me. So it was, it was a relationship with a masculine, um, which triggered me, you know, as we were in our vulnerability, aren't we in love relationships or romantic relationships or sexual sensual relationships? I got triggered and um, I, I won't go into that because it's a whole other story, but basically for, for a couple of different reasons, 
I was then drawn to the, I don't know if anyone's heard of this, it's called The Right of the Womb. And The Right of the Womb is actually a global website now um, where, with registered womb keepers, which is what I am. So you go, you, you go and receive a blessing. It's a shamanic blessing. It's a Mune Key blessing. It's called the 13th Rite of the Mune Key. There are nine other shamanic rites of the Mune Key. Um, it would be the 10th, but because it's for the woman and the womb, or there are 13 moons, it's called the 13th rite. So I went to Glastonbury, which has been very significant for me with my womb awakening and womb activation and healing, um, for to receive this blessing. And um, really what, what you're doing, I mean, you've got the shamanic blessing, the shamanic transmission, which is coming through, but quite a key part of the ceremony, or certainly as I received it, and now as I pass on, is womb purification. Mm. So we use a womb purification meditation. I've actually created one for YouTube. I launched it in October. Um, it's called the Global Womb Healing Ceremony or audio ceremony, something like that. It's had nearly 4,000, nearly 5,000 views now. Um, so everybody's welcome to, to go and find that, tune into that. Um, and it really is a process of um, just using, like it seems like a guided meditation, but I've, I've set it up as a shamanic ceremony. And what we're doing is just journeying into the womb. And we're, it's a metaphor. We're seeing the womb as a room. And we just observe, we just observe what that room is as it is now, you know, and we don't ask any particular questions of it. It's just a matter of observation, curiosity, just to go back to your original point. And then um, we can connect or we can give ourselves permission to connect or to become aware of all of the energies that we've stored in the womb. And in that particular meditation, it focuses more on people, people's energies that we've held. So yes, you're right. The obvious is sexual partners, previous sexual partners, and they can be from any sort of sexual um, interaction, loving or non-loving or violation. Um, but we also store other people and other people's energies, the imprints of those energies, if you like, in the womb space. So it might be parents, might be children, might be people that we've loved or people that we've had real challenges and issues with. But it's, it's a great regular practice. Um, and, and with a lot of suggestions, I'm a hypnotherapist as well, so I weave all, all those other sort of skills in there. It's really then about purifying the womb space and re-imprinting the womb space. So then we, we release all of those energies um and um if i'm doing it in a group you know maybe somebody might need a little bit of assistance but really everybody gets a sense whether they're visual um or auditory or kinesthetic everyone gets their own sense or their own knowing that that purification is happening and maybe they're calling on their magic um their inner magic their spirit team and guides to help them to release those energies and then clearing out that space but then re-imprinting it to create a beautiful sacred inner womb temple space so that's the re-imprinting part that's replacing if you like what was there energetically with what we'd like to be there energetically um so it's like a hypnotherapeutic style process and i've, I've refined it myself because because of my own work and the ways that i work so i mean to, to answer your question <clears throat> there is yeah there's so much that we're holding that is holding us back. And some of it is past life and some of it is ancestral, particularly the maternal ancestral lineage, because the eggs that we were formed from 
were formed within the embryos of our mothers while she was growing in the wombs of our grandmothers. Mm. So we think of it in intergenerational trauma or cultural trauma um, and how that has passed down through the lineage. So with the, with the shamanic blessing of the, uh, the, the rite of the womb, it is said to work seven generations back and seven generations forward. Mm. And in my other shamanic work, obviously we're working through, through ancestral lineages and, and past lives. So it, it's just a really, uh, a really broad holistic spiritual approach to to your entire energy but it's sort of focusing on the womb but almost really anything that you might think of as an imprint or a block or a barrier to you being your most vibrant your your energy field being the most luminous and vibrant and magnetic and creative is we can reference that back to the womb and it seems to be from my own experience and the experience of who, the, the women that I've been working with, it's like it's like a, almost like a magnified, amplified way of working. In that, um, what then starts to fall into alignment and out of alignment in the three D, and actually sort of references back to what we were talking about about losing and dissolving the old identity. Sometimes things just can start to naturally fall away. It's like we don't even have to make decisions. You know, mm -hmm. it's almost like that realignment process with the highest aspects of ourselves and making that space for the higher dimensional aspects to come in and land and anchor and embody is, is sort of being done for us and all done with a really strong connection to the earth as well, which is very important. So Thank yes, it's, it's amazing, really magical work, and I'm blessed to, that that I've I found it and and, and, it, and it found me. I feel like it's making its way because I keep seeing people talk about it. I, this is the yeah. first time it's been very much explained to me. But I remember talking to a girlfriend and being like, I am having like the worst period, and mm -hmm. I was also going through like a situation with a, a masculine that I was seeing that was a little bit toxic or whatever. And, but I don't normally have like that bad of period. So I never put together like the correlation, but she brought it to my attention. She's like, well, that's happened to me when my body's like rejecting like the energy, the sexual energy that you've received. And I was like, oh, I mean, I obviously know a lot about, you know, dark entities and energy attaching. And especially because sexual energy is so potent, that made perfect sense. But I never put the story together that mm. my period, my menstruation would actually be affected. So this is all very fascinated. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing. I actually want to go to Kristen because I know you work with moms. I mean, you work with families. Um, so I'm curious, like, what are some of the main um, things that are coming up for women when they come to the retreat? Is, is there like a common denominator? Is there like a similar, like an umbrella of like what they all on some level seem to be struggling with? I think there's such a high expectation of moms, especially female moms, especially in our culture, that I think when they're on retreat or even because I also teach yoga classes here at home in Miami, when they finally get to sit down and have some space, whether that's five minutes to an hour, what I hear always is, oh my goodness, I just have an overwhelming sense of gratitude or they'll cry or have some other kind of release because it might've been the first time since their child was born that they had a minute of space to just be a person in a body, you know, without having to answer to anybody, without having to do anything, without having to chase a child or make decisions or plan out the day. 
And it's, it's incredibly important because when I first started teaching yoga, it was as a private yoga teacher. And obviously more women come for yoga than men or when they are starting to go through this spiritual transformation. At least I found they go toward yoga maybe first or meditation or something like that. So it's kind of their way in. And these women, and I would sit with them first and kind of explain the yoga process. And I would always ask, well, what is it that you would like to receive through yoga? What is it? What is your intention with this whole practice? And I was always shocked that they had no idea. It's almost as if nobody has ever asked them what they wanted. They've never asked themselves what they wanted. So I feel like there's, there's, I mean, I don't know, 80, 90% of women are walking around just being something for someone else, being the mom, being the wife, being the, the business owner or the employee, and they have no sense of who they are in the world. They've never had that space or time and no one's ever asked them. Wow. That's a wake up call. They need some womb healing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Now, how empowering it is to know, I mean, especially for the moms that are listening right now, which I don't know how many of you guys are moms. I know Brenda has five children, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you're still your own soul. You're still your own entity. You're still your own life body. Um, even if it's been extended through family and things like that. Um, so let's continue this conversation about, um, just ascending the, the divine feminine. And I'm going to go to you, um, Courtney, um, oops. I didn't mean to do that. I meant to spotlight your video and unmute. Yeah, the divine feminine. I know. So first, what is your definition of divine feminine? Because for those who um, they've heard the word, but they're like, what do they? What do they really mean when they say that? Is it just a female? Um, what is your interpretation of the divine feminine? So um, what I've learned with divine feminine, divine masculine, um, is that both male and females have both of these energies running through them. Um, so like right now I am, I have feminine, feminine energy as well as masculine energy flowing through me right now. And so your feminine energy is that nurturing, um, taking care of yourself, you know, the self-care, self-love, um, soft side. Um, and then the masculine is really the hustle, the grind, the, um, get things done. Um, and so often as a business owner, if anybody is a business owner, um, we, we tend to work from that masculine energy space of hustle, grind, get things done. We want to make the money. We want to climb up the ladder, which is great. It's awesome to have goals. It's awesome to um, succeed and work up a ladder. That's great. But also asking ourselves, um, am I taking care of my health? Am I taking care of my mental and physical state of being? Am I um, giving myself love while I am doing all the things that I'm doing? While as females, you know, we wear many hats. Um, are, am I taking care of myself as well as taking care of everybody else, taking care of a business, taking care of this or that? So important to know that the feminine um, is that nurturing, loving side, that soft side of just taking care of yourself or taking care of others or, um, you know, coming from a place of service um, for, for yourself and others. So pertaining to what Kristen just, Kristen just said about the, the, the moms that are going to these retreats where they're just taking care. So I would say 
my assumption is they have uh, too much divine feminine energy and not enough masculine or what is, is your yeah. take on that? Yeah, so there can be an imbalance of one or the other. You can be too nurturing, too mothering, too um, to somebody else, you know, like to your children and forgetting about yourself or forgetting about other things. Um, it's, it's important to, to be aware of, you know, having a balance of both. Not that it's a bad thing, but sometimes that can throw off, you know, your energetic field and state of being. And so um, just being mindful of, where you're coming from? What is your intentions? What is that that space that you are holding? Where what is all of that happening? And it can be it can be confusing at times because you know you're like, well, I want to be mothering, I want to be um, a nurturer. Um, and with the womb wisdom, you know, you don't have to be a mom to be mothering. You don't have to um, have physical children in order to um, nurture something, right? So if you like, I don't have human children. So, um, but I still practice like the womb work, the womb wisdom of my business is my baby. So I have to nurture that. I have to take care of that. That is something that I've birthed into the world. Um, might not be from me, might like physically, but, um, the feminine is about tending to that, to creating, right? We are creative beings. Like so what we are here to do is create. So when you tap into that creative energy, that's that, that feminine sacred energy of birthing something beautiful and wonderful into the world um, to become to come from a place of service to come from a place of love which is our natural state of being being and happiness and all that awesome goodness I love it well I it kind of got me thinking about um, just you know do you guys remember that book from the 90s men are for Mars women are for Venus okay well there's kind of like some truth to that especially from an astrology standpoint where Venusian energy is to me the divine feminine and Mars energy is the masculine which is about taking action um, and I'm kind of bummed that I don't have my tarot deck in front of me I might actually grab it um, but to me um, the divine feminine is the subconscious mind and the conscious mind is the divine masculine and they do work together to bring about manifestation. You know what, I'm gonna grab, I have to tell this story because I, I feel like, I, I am a visual learner. I know that other people are visual learners as well, but I think when we can really see that, you know, if we have an imbalance, like, like if we aren't manifesting, if we're not materializing the partner, the relationship, the, the health condition isn't clearing up, like whatever the issue is, um, it's really a, a co-creation um, with the divine masculine and the divine feminine in order to set the, anten the antenna to the actual outcome, which is up here in the Akashic Records uh, of what it is that we want. So I'm going to actually have um, Brenda share um, while I go grab my deck. Thank you so much, Courtney, for your insight there. Um, but I know, I think Brenda, if I'm not mistaken, at the beginning, um, you talked about, I think you said you, you might've been in your divine mass. You might've been in your masculine more when you were first starting out. Was that you? Um, I don't think I okay. had said that, but I relate so well to that. Well, being a business owner, I would just like for you to share a little bit about how to balance, you know, you know, taking action and then having that time for yourself in meditation. And, and it's like, how do you switch it on and off? So, because I feel like a lot of people get very addicted to the endorphin high of the checking things off the list, uh, which is masculine, but then it's got to be balanced out. Otherwise that's where we start to get into trouble, especially with our health and our mindset. 
Yes, for sure. I feel that struggle all the time. I definitely, you know, I'm by trade, I'm a chiropractor. And so, you know, in my studying of that and health in the human body and in school, and then in my trade, there was a lot of masculine side of that, that we're really not taught anything in regards to a lot of the feminine side. And just everyday business running activities is always the do, do, do the checklist. And for me, I can tell when I'm off is when I'm starting to feel drained, like my energy is starting to feel drained, then I have to stop and I have to check back in and I have to think, what's my purpose here? Like Courtney had said, what is my intention here? Like there may be a lot of to do's and busyness to what may be happening at the moment, but why am I here? I just had a meeting with a, a corporation where they're looking to bring in me to help. I have a, a program called Fit Zen Women where I deal with the body, mind, and soul, but on such a good first level for people where they maybe haven't been introduced to a lot of these terms, like you had said, Angel, that a lot of us sit and talk about. And so when I went to that meeting, I was in such a clear state that day and my intention was set and that was to help and serve the people there that I'm meant to serve, if that's meant to be, by me being fully authentically me and not being who I thought they needed me to be. Mm -hmm. And I've never had such an easy meeting and it was amazing and everything flowed and we had creative ideas going back and forth and it just felt so feminine versus the way I can have a tendency in that masculine state of my mind of you know, running two businesses, five kids, the to-do is what do I got to get done? Who do I need to manage? And it was just in alignment with everything and everyone. And so I just know that if I'm starting to feel stressed, if I'm starting to not feel good, I need to go back to my purpose, my intention. What am I doing here? What's the big picture? How am I supposed to come into this situation with the intention of serving in one way, shape or form? And that for me is kind of my gauge. It's kind of my radar yeah. because I love the to do is if I feel more alive and, and, you know, in tune with getting those things done. But if I start my energy dips, then I know I need to step back. Yeah. And it's a fine line because it's the, I feel like it's like borderline and addiction because we get like so high from like, I'm so accomplished. I mean, I'm a triple earth sign. So, I mean, I am definitely a recovering workaholic. You know, I used to get high just like working 15 hours, like, like, and then being proud of myself, like, oh, I'm the shit. I just like work 16 hours. Like, oh, really? You're that's, you're the shit because of that. Like, it's just like a weird way to, to justify you know, the, 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 the addiction or the imbalance. And now I'm remembering that it was Lisa. I think that you mentioned that you worked in the fashion industry. Well, I worked in the fashion industry where it was like all grind. That's, I mean, I don't even know how people were like designing shit because they're sewing their masculine and just getting shit done, you know, but going back to what I was saying for those who guys who need like a visual interpretation. So in the tarot, there is this card, the lover's card, and to me, this is the divine masculine and this is the divine feminine. And then this is the actual like Akashic records, divine, um, the universe, whatever, the iCloud, right? So here, the divine masculine, if you see, like he's looking at her and she's looking at the divine. So, you know, and I, I've, I've heard a few people talk about like, oh, you know, the subconscious mind is more powerful than the conscious mind. And like, 
I don't believe that to be true because it's the masculine, right? The conscious mind that actually impregnates, you know, the subconscious. So it's the things that we're actually doing in the waking hours is affecting that sub, is affecting the feminine. And it is actually the feminine that goes, okay, I now have an antenna. So the masculine came and gave me his goods, you know, and then she was like processed it. And then she goes, okay, well then there's the answer. And then the antenna went over here and then you got the download. And then that there's what was manifested. Now, how many of us have manif manifest all day, every day, but then we look around and we're like, well, like this, this isn't exactly what I wanted. Right. So we actually have to pay attention to the masculine, but we also, um, have to um, be more mindful, more conscious, right, of all those thoughts that we think, especially, and I feel like for a lot of women, and I know because I am definitely this person, where, you know, we get obsessed with thinking a thought, and like, like, for example, like, how, I know this was a big wake up call for me, like, of just like wallowing in sadness. So like, I would just listen to like sad songs. And I'd be like, rapey, rapey, rapey. And I just like, make myself like, so sad, from like doing that. So that is a very masculine, even though I'm doing something very feminine, but for me to be on repeat of this like, like obsessive, like doing, that was impregnating my subconscious. So I never understood that until I stopped doing that like repetitive thing, even though it seems very feminine to do that, I'm actually creating a tape of like, oh, you're sad, okay, well, we'll just manifest more sadness. You know what I'm saying? So it's very, this card, like once I really meditated um, on that energy of just like how powerful actually the, the masculine really is of, of what we do every single day. So whether you want to heal your body, you want to manifest more money, you want to change careers, it's really going to be, you know, the basic answer is like, well, what are you going to do every day you know, what are you going to think about every single day that's healthy, that is going to bring, that's going to impregnate that subconscious to birth an idea, right? That, that is received from the, from the divine. So anyway, like it's just thought that was a helpful um, interpretation of just like how powerful both of those energies are. And they are both um, very prevalent and in, in, inside of us. And if we can have a dance, you know, this was another analogy um, that came to me recently that, that life is a dance. It's two steps forward and two steps back. And then if you think like, if you think about it from a 3D perspective, you're like, well, you're just not getting anywhere then. Like you're just going two steps forward and then two steps back. But really what you're doing is you're creating rhythm, you know, and that rhythm is what's going to propel different things from happening. So, you know, I, I, I want to talk a little bit more about the 3D. We've got about 30 minutes left. This is usually where I start doing like spiritual jeopardy with y'all. Um, but I want people to really understand the concept of third dimension, um, you know, living in the 3D, how that's um, affecting your health, how it's affecting your happiness, your relationships. So I'm going to go to you, Jen. It sounds like you've had quite the transformation um, with learning how to dance with the divine. Two steps forward, two steps back. What's your what's your what what's your two cents on this? Oh, um, I mean, 3D for me. Um, seeing you know a lot of the people that I come in contact with, you know, there's 
not much um, thought path was for dinner. Um, you know, those that could be the biggest task in their day. And, you know, um, like somebody mentioned earlier, I think, um, Kristen, maybe, um, you know, that we wander around aimlessly or for someone else and very few people if you I mean I know at some point in my life you know when I started coming to terms with just how bad I was and how you know um you know just our health and everything had just penetrated even my memory um you know and I feel like in some ways I'm I'm still healing certain parts of my mind you know and my I'm strengthening that muscle that was weak for so long, um, you know, just from trauma and how bad that that, you know, connects because, you know, people come to us or, you know, you guys probably, and, you know, they, they have no, no structure, no foundation, no, you know, sense of anything. And, you know, it's just, you know, they, that we live in a world of, no, we know what to do. We know how to find what to do, but why do we not do it? Those are the things that stand in the way of success because nobody talks about that. Nobody penetrates that, that aspect of healing. And, you know, that's, that's the core that will, you know, rein you back in every time you get to that place where you start feeling better or you start being happier or it's that thing like, you know, a, a lot of conversations that I'm engaged with, you know, with different people, you know, it's like, they want to say, Oh, hey, how are you? Oh, what you doing this weekend? You know, and I'm like, I'm ready to dive deep. You know, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to jump in the deep end, like, show me your limp, show me that thing that you that is always there. Like, show me that because once you show me that, then we can talk about the other, you know, and until you acknowledge that you're, you're swimming in the shallow end and you're never going to get that depth and that hunger and that passion, you know, that is inside all of us, you know, that is so dormant and stagnant in so many people, wow. you know, so it's like, you know, once you, acknowledge and you know really dive into what it is you're trying to do and I mean some people want to stay up here because they're scared of what's down there and you know they haven't faced some of that stuff and ever and so you know it's you know like I said earlier you know even though this is painful we know this and this is what we can work with and you know when I was in that place I was making decisions and all of these things just based off of what looked like relief, you know, and it wasn't about what I needed or what I wanted. It was just, what what's going to make it go away, you know? And it's like, we get, you can imagine the energy that you invite into your life when you're just looking for validation and relief, you know, and it's just all of that just goes and goes and stores and packs down what was originally the problem. And so then you just, I mean, it's just stripping away. And I mean, I, I had to strip away and strip away. Like I said, I was a cosmic janitor of, 
all of this stuff that was stored inside of me that I, you know, most of it, yeah, I knew was there. Um, but I had so much bigger things I had to worry about, you know, that it, you know, when I turned around and looked at my inner child, that, you know, here I had done all this healing, all this healing, and it was like turning around and looking at that, that child that not only had been pushed in all those dark places, but the one that I locked in those places. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it wasn't just about what I had done to her, but what had been done to her, and I just let it happen. Mm-hmm. And then added to it. So, you know, once we start getting into that healing process, if you can even get it just started, and, you know, then it all kind of starts flowing together. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's wild. It is wild. I love that you said, unless you're going to show me your limp, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't want to have a conversation. You know, yeah, it's what you what makes you vulnerable show me what you're working on you know yeah. another thing I, t- I wrote down here you know um is is really about you know asking better questions you know like what is going to bring me relief you know it's something that simple which people that are this is another topic i wanted to bring up today which is about you know people that are kind of on this like trying to be open minded to the woo and like the, all this other stuff, but then they still have these little doors that are like, Oh no, that's a little too out there for me. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm open-minded, but that's, you're taking it too far now, you know? And if you really think about it, you know, when we ask a question, you know, whether it's verbal or in our mind, we're actually communicating with our guides. We're communicating with angels. So like the better, the higher quality question that we ask, the better the answer is going to be. So it's not like, you know, what can I do to make this pain go away? It's like, how can I, cause that's still talking in a negative fashion. You know, how do I make this, you know, make this bad relationship go away? No. How could I heal this relationship? You know what I mean? It's coming from that like more feminine healing energy, you know, and that's where I think our life really starts to change is with those better questions. And, you know, I feel like inner child is like a whole other conversation, but, um, I mean that we, gosh, I've never, I don't think we've ever talked about that at the Empress Festival. Um, but you know what, I'm going to give that question. Um, I'm going to give that to you, Carla, you know, let's talk about the inner child. I've never, don't think we've ever talked about the inner child. Like how do we heal the inner child? That's like screaming and kicking and screaming. (laughs) Sure. Sure. So I can definitely have, I definitely have an inner child experience that I want to share. Um, so I'm a musician and I, I'm originally from Miami and I moved to New York and I had been in New York a few years, several years, and I had, uh, my, my back went out, you know, and we know back represents support and father and all these other, other things. And at first, I mean, I was, I had a pinched pinched shoulder, but it, it affected how I couldn't stand straight. I couldn't stand still. Everything was just, ah, and, and I found myself on my back and for a few days and I was asking myself like, all right, God, universe, you obviously want to get my attention. What are you trying to tell me? Cause I knew that there was more to it. You know, the, the difference between the 3d and the 5d, the 3d is we just see what is right in front of us. But when we're going deeper, like there's another message here, there's something that, that they're trying to tell me, what is it? And the message I got was I heard this little, I, I heard me when I was little and 
so like a side note is I grew up in an alcoholic home. So when I was little, I would like to, I wanted to do things. And my mother would say, oh, well, you know, well, yeah, yeah, we're going to do this. But then when the time came, like maybe it was going to go to the movies or something. But when the time came, she would, she would be too tired or she just, mm -hmm. she'd be out of it. And as that little child, I would be like, well, you always say we're going to do something and we never do, you know? So I found myself living in New York City. I'd been there for years and I hadn't been performing. I was on my back and I heard my inner child say, you said that we were going to make music. You said that we were going to come here to create and you never do. And that was just like, oh, you know, because there I was on my back and I couldn't run from that. I could not run from that truth. And it was that feeling of, oh my God, my, the inner child, that part of me that wants to create, that wants to be creative and make music and do all these things is feeling like it's going through. So it was like going through that again, but realizing I was doing it to myself. And that was, that was, that was a really deep moment. So I felt like my inner child was speaking to me and saying, hey, hey, I'm trying to get your attention. And while you're on your back, I'm want to tell you, because this is what I've been trying to tell you and you haven't been listening, but you're listening now, you know, and, and that totally changed, you know, it, it changed my direction because I realized, wait a second, I moved to New York to come in and create music. I came here to do all of these things and to be creative and I wasn't. So just like I felt like being a child of, you know, a, a mother who wasn't really accessible, accessible to me in, you know, in, in emotional ways, I felt like I wasn't being accessible to myself. And wow. that sort of, that, that open, so that was one of many different, you know, moments that, that opened me up. And, and I just had to listen to that voice, to that inner child, because our inner child is always there. And if we, you know, if we don't listen to it, obviously, um, we'll be less satisfied in life. But it's just sort of like taking that time to say, okay, what are you trying to tell me? What 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 is the lesson here? And it wasn't about my back was hurting. I mean, it was so much more than that. And of course, what happened after I figured that out? I did go to a chiropractor, by the way, but everything cleaned itself up because then I started taking actions to to be more musical, to, to make that change in my life. So I really had to listen to that inner voice saying, pay attention. Wow. It, you're reminding me of recently, I think it was in September, I broke my foot. And I am like anti going to, to the doctor, like, and my friend who's like in the medical, like she teaches like medical classes at a college. And she's like, dude, you broke your foot. I'm like, no, no, I, I mean, no, it's just sprained. I know. She's like, no, you broke your foot. Like, that's really bad. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm not going to go to the doctor. So she gives me a boot, you know, the boot, you know, she's like, we have to stop walking. I'm like, but that thing's so ugly. I don't want to walk around in that thing. That's embarrassing. She's like, it's not going to get better. You know, so then I was like, okay, well, I'll only wear it during the day. Like, I'm not going to wear it at night if I, like, go out or whatever. So she gives me this. And then a, a few days later, my dog starts limping. I was like, what the hell? So then I started, like, doing videos and putting it on my stories. I'm like, um, is this, like, a thing, you guys, that, like, your dog starts, like, mimicking, like, your limp? You know, and I was like, oh, my. and so people were like, of course, my whole spiritual community is just like, yep, 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 yep. So anyway, I ended up taking him to the vet anyway, because I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, what's wrong with my dog? And they're like, oh, he does have like a torn ligament or something. He like wrestles my other dog or whatever. But as soon as that I started wearing the boot more often, like, because I was like, I don't want to wear the boot. I didn't wear it for like two weeks or whatever. 
or I started wearing it and then he stopped limping, you know, he, I stopped, you know, I was still limping because I was wearing the boot, but it was interesting because then people were like, oh, you broke your foot. You know, the spiritual meaning of that is it's, you got to get more balanced and like all this, all these interesting things. And I feel like this is how, you know, you've like met your soul family when people are just like making you think about things. I was never, I'm like, my dog is mimicking me. Like, how is that even freaking possible? So I just feel like that is like proof of like how everything is like intermingled. Everything is like cosmically entangled, especially in our relationships. You know, it's like, we don't understand. Uh, I don't know who I'm going to call on for this next part, but like, we don't understand that like, why do we feel so drawn to certain people? Whether it's, you know, a relationship, it could just be someone you met for the first time and all of a sudden you're like best friends, you know, all of these things, like there's an entanglement. So I want to, let's say, let's go to, um, let's go to Kristen here. Um, I know you're married and, you know, so what is your take on like the cosmic entanglement that we all are because we all are part of this bigger pulse? Um, getting married. And I, I'll tell the story okay. of, of how, because this is part of the entanglement. So um, it had been three years that I... I decided I wasn't dating at all because I finally realized after all these years that I was dating the same person over and over in, in a different body, right? <laughs> I always it, say different guy, different job. I yeah, mean, same, same, same guy, different job. Same story. <laughs> and so I was like, clearly I have a lot of cleaning up to do. So on purpose, uh, for three years, I didn't, I didn't date. I didn't do anything. I was all about like, let's, deconstruct and build it back up and see what happens and then I felt like I finally was ready and I'm like okay spirit I'm ready and I thought like you know I, I don't know who's gonna beam down a man I like <laughs> <laughs> and it clearly didn't happen and so like it's been like a month two months three months and I'm a little exaggerated um so I'm like sitting down into meditation and prayer and I was like okay I get it I'm supposed to be a nun or a Buddhist, <laughs> like, like <laughs> a little dramatic. And so I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm fully like accepting this fate and my phone rings. And I was like, okay, it's, it's a message from a man across the ocean, right? And sends me a message um, like, oh, hey, I saw that you're also an ambassador for this kids program and blah, blah. We start chatting and, um, Long story short, he flies in on his way. So I'm in Miami. He flies into Miami on his way to Belize. And we started dating then, and we're getting married a year later. Wow. So, but I had to make space for it also. So there's an entanglement, right? And you could be entangled, and you could, like, be firing on the same wavelength. But unless you have that space and you're – to accept it, then it's not coming. Yeah. So I think that's the part that people are missing. Like, yes, you can manifest, you could dream it up, you could write it down, you could do all the things, but if there's not space in your mind and your body and your heart, it's not coming. Mm -hmm. And that being said, even once he was here, then I had to open up even more, you know, because I wasn't even ready for that level wow. of like, yeah love abundance you know <laughs> like that was the scariest moment in my life like toxic relationships i was a pro you know that didn't make me nervous at all 
<laughs> but like a man that's like willing to like share and give love. I was like, wow. Like all of a sudden I'm like deer in headlights, you know? And that's now this is a new learning process. This is a new form of opening. There's a new way of creating space for that, for that entanglement. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay, so we've got 10 more minutes left, you guys. So let's get into, um, I'm going to go to you, Lisa. Um, what is your one book that comes to mind that you think everybody who is on their spiritual journey should read? Hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, I haven't got anything coming easily. My goodness. Because there's so many. Um, well, personally, I can't, I can't think of, okay. Something that really, really helped me was books on Kundalini awakening. That, that is obviously very particular to my process and I very much needed them at the time. Um, but there is a book by, uh, an author called Mary Muller Shutan, spelt S-C-U-S-C-H-U-T-A-N. Um, and it's about spiritual awakening in general. Um, and then it goes into different sorts of awakening. So it does cover Kundalini, but I really do feel that, that many people, um, on the path, you know, maybe they don't think, oh, I'm in a spiritual awakening because um, they, they might think, oh, that's going to be really, it's going to be really dramatic or, you know, there's going to be these huge symptoms, but a book like that for, for people on the path just helps you to understand the different sort of the different, not levels, like we're going through levels, but the different aspects and different symptoms. Um, and it helps to put some context so, to some of the more bizarre things that you might experience that actually a little bit like you know you're you're doing with this community that can help you to realize that the the not that everybody is the same in these processes because they're not they're very unique but there are a lot of commonalities and there are people out there who can sort of hold you in that process even if it's an author through a book because actually you yeah. can feel that um you know, you are a part of something and you're a part of something that's not only for your own benefit, but, the, but for the benefit of humanity, the raising of the consciousness, the frequency, the oscillation of the planet and of humanity. So, yeah, for me, I mean, and that was all coming for me at a time of vulnerability. So I imagine um, for listeners, you know, for anybody who's going through those moments of vulnerability, that's the sort of information that can be like a, a, a balm, a soothing balm. I can't Thank remember the you. name of it. But <laughs> well, we got Mary. Shutan. Mary Muller Shutan. I can add it onto the comments in Facebook if you yeah. like. That'd be great. Thank it's you. called Something to Do with Spiritual Awakening. I can't remember the exact title. Okay, great. Thanks so much. I'm going to go to you, Courtney. What is a movie or documentary that you think everybody who's listening to this Empress Festival should definitely watch? A movie or documentary? Um... The one thing that comes to mind, it doesn't, I don't know. There's a lot of, oh, I don't know. Movie or documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I so had a book ready too. <laughs> okay, tell us the book. Um, I would have to say Rise, Sister Rise by Rebecca Campbell was one that um, really helped me um, in the beginning of my transformation and my journey, I could not put it down. I was in tears through most of it just because everything that she said, I resonated with. And I was like, wow, damn, like this is, 
this is what I'm feeling. And um, it's very, just very um, powerful, I guess. Perfect. Rise, Sister Rise by Rebecca Campbell. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to give the movie one to Brenda. Let me spotlight your video here. There you go. Um, movie. Oh, you know, it's so funny. It depends on where people are at. For me, way back when, even years ago, the secret was really eye-opening just to realize that like, mm -hmm. wow, we actually have some sort of conscious control over anything in our lives. So I would say for introductory people to just open their minds a little bit, that was huge. Um, I've had conversations with God was really cool for me. I loved that. I, even though it was kind of like a low budget movie, I was like, this movie is the bomb. I mean, I didn't yeah. read the book, so the book is probably amazing too, but yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was good. I, I like the shift by Wayne Dyer. I thought that was cool too. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot. And I honestly, I go to every single movie. Like I just went with my kids to Frozen 2 and I say, okay, universe, what's my message in this? And I, I every movie to me is a divine message of something. And there was a number of things that hit me in that movie, but take the next right step. That song was so right in that movie so yeah love it yeah i i'm a subscriber to gaia the app gaia and i watch a lot of those movies and documentaries on there i feel like there's such an, a great collection it's very curated for people on the path so thank you for sharing okay um i'm going to go to jen what is a high vibrational food or meal that you think everybody should be eating at least once a week oh goodness I would take it to once a day. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> um, definitely your leafy greens. Um, definitely nuts and seeds. Um, anything raw. Um, What's uh, your favorite? I'm a big juice fan. Um, I do my celery juice. juice. Are you a celery like a medical medium a person? Finish. Yeah, I I medicate a lot through food and. Um, supplements just because you know from being you know kind of still in a recovery process um, and and not really wanting to go the pharmaceutical route I medicate a lot through um, my food choices so I really make sure that I get my supplements through that um, but yeah anybody you know just starting out I would definitely more plant-based and organic I mean that's just that's what we all need. Um, and I mean, I'm not a full vegan, but I do feel so much better when I don't eat meat. <laughs> so. Perfect. It's kind of funny because I feel like the diet is normally like the first thing people change, but I feel like on the spiritual journey, like they'll go to the books or the movies and then over time, the diet is the next real thing. So it's kind of reverse. I feel like people are like, oh, I want to change my life. I'm going to change my diet. But this is, it comes a little bit later. At least it did for me. So thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm really curious, Carla, about what is a spell or a ritual that we can use that's simple, that doesn't maybe require any um, paraphernalia <laughs> that could help us improve our life. Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. So just a simple spell. Um, I love candles, you know, so I feel like if 
if all you had is even something like a birthday candle and you choose the color that that speaks to you you know uh, pink could be you know affection or even self-love or white if you just want to get in a, in a meditative place um green health uh prosperity blue for peace something simple you could just take take like a little birthday candle in whatever color and put it in like a little cup of, of rice, uncooked rice or sand or salt, and just just be still. Just you know, have your intention and and just meditate on that. And sit still and let that candle burn down. It doesn't have to be this big major thing, but a birthday candle is nice because it's not gonna take all day, mm -hmm. but it's something that you could sit with. And it's just important that you do sit with it. And mm -hmm. as it as it uh, completes its burning, just pay attention to any messages or ideas or insights or intuitive hits, divine downloads, whatever you want to call it, that come to you and, and act on them. Or just be still, because if you're trying to be calm, then your, your job is really to continue to be calm. But if you're doing, if you, if you are using a specific kind of uh, intention that you'd like to set, pay attention to any inspirations that come through and act on them. I love it. I think I'm going to get myself some birthday candles. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. And then let's go to Kristen. You'll be our last question. So, hmm, what do we want to know? Okay. So I was pretty curious. I mean, three years of not dating. I mean, I've done eight months. That was long for me. Okay. So through your ex, I think that might make you an expert on like self-growth. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so what are some tips, maybe two to three, um, of things that you did during that three-year three, three year period that really helped you just stay focused on you and not mess with the dating world? Well, at first, it, it really felt less like a decision and more like a relief. Like, I finally allowed myself to make that decision because I felt so much pressure from outside, from, like, family and friends saying that I had to get out there, that I had to date, that I had to meet people. And so I was doing it to please others, not necessarily because I wanted to, or from a sense of fear, which didn't feel right either. Um, so it was more of a relief when I finally said, you know what, I'm not dating. And I, and I didn't intend for it to be three years. It's just how long it took for me to feel like, oh, now I'm, I'm back to myself. And I feel like I really started to clean up those skeletons I had in my closet that were attracting these people that were so toxic. Mm. So some of the things I focused on, I had a yoga practice and then of course I'm doing yoga and I'm so physical because I was uh, like I'm very Aries. I'm doing yoga and of course the universe is like no you're using that for spiritual bypassing so I'm busting your shoulder you know oh. so then I was had to sit in meditation so then I'm sitting in meditation instead of distracting myself with my practice. So then there was months of just sitting there, but I felt this, like I was digging deep. I was letting the feelings come up, but I was stuck in this place of shame and guilt over um, the last relationship and relationships before that. And I couldn't get out of this cycle. I mean, I could sit there for an hour just spinning. So I had to reach outside of myself and I went to an emotional release counselor and she used EFT. Mm -hmm. And I did that for six months. And that was really helpful because since I am so kinetic, um, using the touching really helped me to connect with my body and stay in the moment. 
Um, and can with you her demonstrate Wilson that, can you show sure. us like a, one of the techniques? Yes, we would do pressure points. So here's one, here's another. Um, some people use one across the chin or across the collarbone, and then the wrist is another. So you're just like going like this, this. So you start tapping in these places as you start speaking to yourself. And so you pick a belief that is that you believe subconsciously, but that you know deep in your heart is not true. For instance, um, like all men are cheaters, right? So you start there. Right. I, I think subconsciously that was my, one of mine, so that's what I would attract. And then I would start changing that belief system, like not all men are cheaters. Mm. There are loving men in the universe. You would keep going until you can change that belief system for yourself. And I'm sure there's different practitioners with different ways of doing it, but that's one that really works for me. Um, and it was a really emotional and fairly painful process for me. I, I felt like I'd go through these sessions and just be like a shell of a person. You know, I would just like crumble. I couldn't, I had no words to speak. But after six months, I felt more in tune with myself. And I felt like I really let go of these um, underlying subconscious thoughts that were running my life. They were like driving the ship. Um, after that, I finally allowed myself well, no, I didn't choose to go back to my tarot practice. The universe started leaving cards by my car. As oh, wow. Driver, by the driver's side door. Uh, yes, I know. Every Wednesday for like, uh, I want to say a month and a half or something. So at first, clearly, I thought it was a serial killer. <laughs> and I was like, or maybe it's God. Um, so... <laughs> So I walk into my local um, metaphysical shop and I'm like, just, I don't even know what I'm doing there. I'm just like, I see cards and the lady's like, are you looking for cards? And I was like, I, I think so. And so she handed me back my deck and I reconnected with my tarot practice, which I had when I was a little girl. Um, and yeah, I had, I didn't have a formal tarot practice as a little girl. I just, um, my family's Cuban and they would bring back the um, Italian playing cards and I would use them like tarot cards. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I started studying the tarot and that was more of my process over these three years. And it, oh, and also A Course in Miracles was another um, Perfect. practice that I did during that time, during the last year of those three years. Um, and that was the process. So it was not linear. So I always tell people like, try everything. If like you're sitting and your spirit wants to like dance, then let it dance. And if your spirit is telling you that you want to go to yoga class, go to yoga class. If you want to, like, if you're inter interested in astrology, go study astrology. And eventually it, it'll all make sense. And in, in, like, when you look back on it, it all connects somehow. And just in the moment, it feels ridiculous and like a lot of chaos. But if you just allow yourself, your spirit to be free and just explore, then you'll find your way. Perfect. And I think on that note, this has been a truly magical Empress Festival. I'm so grateful for you guys, ladies, light workers, not guys. Um, I want to remind everybody who has been listening or is catching the replay of this that all of our panelists will be leaving their information below this video. So be sure to follow them on Instagram, check out their free goodies on their website, get in touch with them if you feel called. Um, so many more amazing stories and festivals to come in 2020. Uh, we do do this Empress Festival uh, once a month. 
So please do check our calendar at holisticfashionista.com forward slash calendar for our next festival. Thank you to each and every single one of you guys. I look at, I've been taking notes the whole freaking time. I'm, you know, the best teachers are the best students. I pride myself in being an amazing student. So I look forward. I will also be joining your guys's mailing list. I'm already on a few of you guys's, uh, but I look forward to learning more about all the amazing things that you're doing into the world, reading um, your articles for the magazine and staying in touch. So thank you guys all so much. I'm going to go ahead and unmute everybody so we can actually hear everybody. I'm unmuting. Did that work? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys, big virtual hug. Thank you so much for Thank your you. stories and your light. You guys are truly, truly Thank magic. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.